Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam. My name is Jeremy. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Right now. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. And we're here to discuss not one, not two, but three comic book backup issues of KSR, number two, number three, and what's the other one? Marvel Tales, number 30. Ah, uh, yes. Now, uh, a little... It was published in 1970, so we're getting a little... A little time sp- jump there. Ubali. Yeah. So, um, one thing that I... One thing that... I pointed out, I think, in one of the past episodes was that since Amos Duncan split up the X-Men, we had a Beast and Iceman tale, and then we had a Cyclops and Marvel Girl tale. But if we leap forward one more issue, and we're not going to quite go there this week, uh, it returns back to the normal X-Men format. The status quo, as it were. Yeah, so we never actually get treated with the angel uh, issue. Not only that, Adam, do you remember where they went? Um, if if I recall, uh, Fred Duncan sent them to the Four Winds, or I guess Three Winds, sent uh, Beast and Iceman to California, uh, left Marvel, Marvel Girl, Girl and Cyclops are in New York, and Angel is a roaming agent. Correct. Okay. So that kind of gets us caught up to where the X-Men are, sort of, even though I don't know that we actually get got or get to see uh, Iceman and Beast in California, but that's neither here nor there. These couple of issues promptly fit kind of well in between issue 49 and issue 50. Or no, issue 48 and issue 49. Yeah, so I think, I mean, you, you we're doing it mostly because it's in your uh, omnibus, and if you're going to trust anything, you got to trust the omnibus, right? Right. Uh, and uh, if you read the stories, it makes sense here sort of kind of um, although there is like once you once we get to like issue 60 or something there's there's a continuity error that we'll have to point out when we get there i can't wait to imp- approach that continuity error <laughs> <clears throat> it's it's i didn't even read issue 60 or anything like that because i don't really want to get ahead of myself but i just happened to notice it so there you go kids uh 11 episodes from now or maybe more depending on how many back issues there are uh you'll get to find out what that continuity is but as it as it is uh this this uh, this three-part angel story seems to fit well into the x-men continuity where we are and we can we can get no prizes for correcting all the continuity and whatnot okay so these were published in 1970 but they were written earlier they were written in 1967. Um, at the time, Jerry Siegel, the original writer and co-creator of Superman, yeah, got a job working for Marvel as an editor. Okay, and uh, he was—I guess he was separated from DC for some reason or other. 
And he also wrote this angel story and uh, probably some other stories. And for some reason, it didn't get published until 1970. And it got split up amongst three different... Uh... Yeah, and, and it wasn't, you know, it's not clear whether these were meant to be backups in X-Men or something. They're a little too long for that, actually. Mm-hmm. A little bit so longer it's... than the traditional five pages. Yeah, so... Okay, uh... Should we leap right into it, or do you have more uh, more fascinating history on this? No, uh, that's that's uh, that's really it. I think uh, I think we should get right into it. This issue is titled "From the Sky Winged Wrath." Yep, grab your KSR number twos and skip to page twenty-two because it's about to become it's about to get real. This uh, this is edited by Stan Lee, written by, as mentioned before, Jerry Siegel, art by good old George Tuska, inked by Dick Ayers, and lettered by Sam Rosen. And we get a nice splash screen of the winged wrath himself. Wait, what? No, we just get a winged angel uh, flying around. He's in his, uh, his glory, uh, talking about this is where he belongs to be born to soar above the crowd, above rooftops and free and stuff. Like a darting, swooping eagle. Yeah. He zooms above the city, and the muffled beating of his mighty wings heralds the start of action as the angel comes into his own. He gets to unfurl his wings and fly again, or so he says. In his fancy yellow costume. Yep. And his, uh, his, the, the straps of his overalls seem to go directly into his wings. They're very strange. Well, if you look at the splash screen, they, 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 they're kind of formed the arrow uh, to something pointing at his junk. <laughs> if you look at that. <laughs> yes. and, then, yeah, and then you're right. If you go to the next page, the uh, suspenders go right into his wings. So hmm. an interesting costume design. Marvel Girl really thought this one out. Yes, she did. Um, so, you know, much like Batman has his bat symbol on his chest to draw a bullet fire towards it, uh, this just draws all the attention to his junk. <laughs> wow. As if, as if anything could distract from the giant wings on his back. That winged man sure has a large package. <laughs> Shoot it! <laughs> Little do they know I'm bulletproof down there, too. Little known second mutation nobody knew about. So anyways, uh, he notes a bank robbery or a heist in process while he's flying around and does comment that uh, he likes to go solo from time to time, but wishes that he could get the beast to help him with his powerhouse feet. So he's not really indicating like, ooh, that Amos Duncan, he split us up. I'm so angry. He's just more saying, sometimes I like to be a vigilante on my own. Oh. We're going to pretend that he's on his own because of this whole Amos Duncan thing. And I'm pretending that word balloon doesn't exist. Okay. Because if you read it like this, once this would have been my cue to alert the entire X-Men team for action. But ever since Duncan split us up, I have to go solo. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hmm. So uh, maybe maybe the word balloons uh, were were refilled in in 1970 because by that time they're like, eh, yeah, let's just make this a solo angel story. Yeah, that's okay. exactly what I'm guessing happened. Sure. <laughs> let's give them that benefit of the doubt. But this is the only time during this story that it doesn't seem like it fits 
Otherwise, otherwise it fits perfectly. Yeah, well, because it never gets mentioned again. But anyhow, uh, so uh, apparently the bad guys or whoever's pulling off the heist uh, in the back of their hearse or van or whatever you want to call it, they have a battering ram. Yes, and it's it's actually shaped kind of like a ram. It's kind of shaped like a ram's head. You're right, yeah. And they use it to swam open the door. Mm-hmm. And they are where they've got laser guns. They're nameless blue-clad people with golden ear covers. And one of them goes and takes out the guard. And the other one goes and busts into the bank vault. But before they get too far, Angel bursts on the scene. In an action-packed splash, zooming around the corner and punching the unnamed blue man in the face. It's the angel. And he says, I'll bet this fist feels real. It belongs to the angel. Yeah, never have you really seen the angel quite so action-packed. He can take on regular humans like nothing. Yeah, even though essentially the angel is nothing but a human with wings. Yes, but he works out. Yeah, true, true enough, and he trains. In the Danger Room, the he, X-Men comics comment, oh wait. <laughs> he knows jujitsu. Hey-yah! And uh, one of the nameless blue-suited people says, he must be one of them mutants. Ray blast him. So they have ray blasters, not laser guns, ray blasters. You think the guy would just say shoot him, but no. Ray blast him. Ray blast him, buddy. So he takes out three in one panel with a thock, a whap, and a zock, knocking everybody over just by flying past them. Money is flying everywhere. He kicks somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Would you believe a little birdie told me, he says. <laughs> He's just got the zingers coming out left and right. He's like a cross between Superman and Spider-Man. He flies and he's got one-liners. The police show up trying to figure out what's going on. Yep, what's going on? One man earthquake. That's what. I don't know what that means because nobody in here is making an earthquake. But uh, the police. But he's causing people to lose their footing, I guess. (laughs) Sure. So the policeman uh, recognizes the angel and says, hey, I know you. You're You're that that freak. Yeah. Freak, watch your language or you might just discover this. Angel has one devil of a temper, and oh, forget it. <laughs> he can't even carry on with his insults. Here you go. Uh, I lost my wording. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Uh, even lawmen feel distrust and fear for my kind. Sticks in my craw. I noticed that he has a lot of stilted speech, more so than he has in any of the previous X-Men uh, comic books. Must be a Jerry Siegel thing. Could be. I mean, I've never really read Superman, and I, I probably never read a Jerry Siegel Superman, but I don't think Superman talks like that, does he? I wouldn't know. <laughs> Not a Superman f- uh, fan either. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Angel waxes poetic about Magneto. Magneto said ordinary humans and Homo Superior can never live together uh, in peace, but no. I can't. I won't buy that. Turns into a little Shatner here. <laughs> a lot Not of it, too. The two people on Earth I love the most, mom and dad, belong to Homo sapiens. 
Whoo! He breathes a deep sigh of uh, <laughs> a breath there. Strange. This feels kind of odd. And 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 this is where he kind of gets into um, sloppy speaking, where he's like, "This kind of strange. This kind of odd setup we got going in our family." Like usually, I, Angel. I mean, he's not as articulate as the Beast, but he's not usually the quick talking. We're going over here. This is kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And here, here's here's another. Uh, he goes he goes to his house rather than goes back to the X mansion. So he clearly is not hanging out with the X Men right now. Yep. And he's uh, yeah. This is seems to be a little bit more than just going solo. Exactly. But I would have to imagine that his parents live in um, Manhattan, don't you think? I well, I don't know. I would it's, make that. It's assumption. possible they live in Westchester County or wherever. But I mean, if he's a roaming agent, does that just mean he's roaming around New York? He's roaming around his parents' house. No rope. <laughs> there you go. So uh, he has a little dialogue about, ugh, I got to pass my ordinary Joe and strap on my wings, and then I got to be Warren Worthington III, a real down-to-earth fella. He runs downstairs, and Mom and Dad are there, and they're surprised to see him. Dad looks pretty frail. He looks drunk. <laughs> it's like Angel says, you ought to be resting in bed, Dad. The doctor said... Never mind what that overeducated quack said. I never felt better. Look at him over you there. Do look better. I'm gonna smoke up this stogie. <laughs> Something seems to be eating away at him inside. Must be that cancer stick. <laughs> he does pull out a death stick and start smoking on it. Uh, Matilda, who must be the uh, housekeeper. Yeah, we get a random setup of Matilda, as though we know her. Oh, and as Matilda leaves other duties to answer the phone. But then Matilda says, Warren, baby, it's candy, and she has words only for you. What does that mean? <laughs> Why is Matilda calling Angel baby? And who is Matilda? Seriously. I'm guessing the housekeeper, but... I'm guessing you're right, but we've never seen her before. We get introduced to her as though we know her, and we never see her again. <laughs> Agreed. It's a very <laughs> weird setup there. But she's got a good relationship with Warren, and uh, apparently Candy Southern is able to relate that she's got words only for Warren. Yeah, I guess Sweet we talking words. We could assume that Matilda's been around, uh, you know, raised Warren since he was a baby. So maybe that's where that whole baby thing comes from. I don't know. Very weird dialogue. To yeah, and maybe say maybe Candy Southern just assumed that Warren would pick up the phone, and she was all like. Hey, Warren, it's your baby on the line. And then Matilda's like, oh, uh, oh. she's got words only for you. Warren, baby. <laughs> uh, and Warren, feeling a sense of responsibility to his dear old dad, says, Dad, Candy wants me to go out with her tonight, but since you haven't been feeling well, I'll stay home. Not on my account. <laughs> Not on my account. Get going, boy. Once again, proving that he's drunk. <laughs> So, without any argument, Angel, I mean Warren, uh, gets together with Candy, who now has red hair. I didn't think she had red hair before. I thought it was... I didn't think so either, but, you know, you know, she's pulling a Jean Grey. She dyed her hair. Okay. It's a thing. Fair enough. It's the 60s. They go to the fun place. <laughs> it's literally called the fun place. Angel says... <laughs> Want to get together and go to the fun place? Where? Fun place? No, I mean the fun place. Which fun place? <laughs> No, no, the fun place. I know that you're saying that you want him to take me to the fun place. I want to know specifically what fun place. 
Oh, Warren, the fun place. Who's on first? <laughs> I never get tired of that. So then they go uh, to the fun place, and Angel says, "This say they say this group here is wonderful, with a great new it's sound. A great new sound." So apparently they're going to see some funky band at the fun place. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, across town, over by the Statue of Liberty, on flying sleds. Yes, the nameless blue guys with ray guns and gold things over their ears are flying around on, I don't know how you describe these, square sleds with little control sticks that jut out of them. Yeah, they're, they're, what, are those, what are those contraptions that you see people driving around in? Those little uh, Amazon contraptions? I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, they give guided tours on them. Oh, and you, you see a whole bunch of people riding around on those little things you mean like the um the the two-wheeled things that look like yeah those things <laughs> what are they they're called the um gyro 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 wheelies segway adam it's a segway ah uh, yes. yes it but looks like a flying segway without the segway wheels right and much flatter anyways <laughs> much cooler actually so uh, they they're flying around on on those things, and uh, scant minutes after entering a secret room beneath the Statue of Liberty, twin beams of radiance probe piercingly at them, and then your identities authenticated. Advance, men. They get have to get shot up with radiation before they can enter their secret lair, which happens to be underneath the Statue of Liberty. I guess so. Wow, how did this guy pull rank to get a base at the basement of the Statue of Liberty? Hey, this guy, he's got this huge mixer set up going on. He looks like a DJ. When I first saw this, I was like, oh, he's in the fun place, and he's going to take over the teenagers with his new sound, which is like a hypnotic mes- mesmero uh, beam that turns everybody into a slave. And then, the, and then the angel will have to thwart that plan, and, and then he might risk uh, his secret identity to Candy. Wouldn't that be a compelling story for, for Kassar number two? But that's, Man, that's not what happens at all. <laughs> I was way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is the Dazzler, not to be confused with the Dazzler, eighties Dazzler. <laughs> yeah, this, this is, is the nineteen sixties Dazzler. This is the crappy Dazzler. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, he and he introduces himself by saying, "The Dazzler has an assignment that will be to your liking." Oh, isn't that nice? He gives them nice assignments. Yes. You, go pick the flowers. <laughs> you, eat candy. <laughs> Yay, the Dazzler's so wonderful. So uh, it concerns W.K. Worthington. He intends to destroy us. Remember that, kids. <laughs> he intends to destroy us. Your assignment, kill him. Any... Ooh, that is to my liking. Ooh. Any preference as to method or weapons, Dazzler? Ray Blaster, totally, full force. <laughs> Before he dies, let him see its muzzle. Of oh, course yeah. you would use the Ray Blaster. Why would you even ask such a stupid question? God, I think it's all they have. Ray Blasters. Uh, and it's it's interesting to note that the Dazzler, uh, he's got like a, what would you describe his helmet as? It, it kind of looks like a, What's that uh, 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 universal monster, the the creature from the Black Lagoon? 
I guess you could, yeah, I could see that. His headpiece kind of looks like that, except it's red, because it's kind of bumpy and scaly. But then he's got these giant teeth with a huge space in the middle. <laughs> he's a very goofy-looking villain. And big earmuffs. Yeah, well, they all have big earmuffs, so that must be their, their gang's trademark. That's how they communicate. We're the big earmuff gang. <laughs> Don't mess with us, because we can hear everything. So, uh... He uh, he refers back to the bank job that got bungled, which ties into the Angel's early escapade. So that's kind of like an homage, sort of, to like uh, uh, classic 1960s James Bond, or actually any James Bond film. Is it? Well, I mean, the film opens up, and here's James Bond, and he's doing something exciting, and he thwarts the crime. But then generally later on in the movie, that crime is, you know, the precursor of what the big boss was trying to uh, do in the first place. Jerry Siegel, he's a classic writer. That's right. Check it out, everybody. So and now he says, if you bungle this new job, you will die if he doesn't. Now get out and obliterate the fool. Well, he calls this operation the Worthington Rubout. <laughs> and you will never bungle anything again. If he doesn't die, you will. So let's bungle in the jungle. <laughs> so they flip back to the uh, fun place where the far outs are playing far out fun music. Yes, and Angel must describe it. That wildly throbbing beat, the senses simulating colors. Like it? Love it. I've been to many concerts in my life and I've never tried to describe the music to anyone. Yeah. So. Go, 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 Angel. Some random guy who's dancing by is like, no wonder that combo's called the Far Outs. Any further out and they'd be lost in space. <laughs> These guys are far out. Yeah, man. They're hip. <laughs> uh, they are so hip they can't even see their pelvis. Moving on. <laughs> Angel says, sorry we have to leave so early, but my dad isn't feeling well. So Angel has this uh, sense of uh, duty that he needs to go take care of his father. So he packs candy into his uh, convertible and they, they take off. Which in this panel looks like it's flying. It does. <laughs> and candy is very, oh, I'll never forget tonight. Adored every. This is that stilted talk again. I'll never forget tonight. Adored every moment. That music. Would you please turn it up louder? I guess he has a car stereo. I didn't know they had car stereos that early. What? Of course they did, Adam. They had car stereos that played eight tracks. Was an eight track around? <laughs> I'm assuming. You don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I assume so. Maybe not. No, uh, certainly the AM was around, you know. Yeah, they were probably listening to the radio. I'll yeah, give you that. Okay, okay. Anyhow. Uh, a speedy car, a streamlined girl, a lilting tune. It's almost enough to make me forget I'm different. But meanwhile, across town, inside the Worthington home, a faceless blue-dressed man with a ray gun and earmuffs creeps into a study. And comments that killing this old man is going to be so easy, it'll be criminal. But but it is criminal. <laughs> Wait a minute, that analogy doesn't quite work. <laughs> uh, so he, yeah, there's two of them, actually. Well, they showed the one skulking around, but apparently it took two of them. So they, they sneak into the study where Mrs. Worthington, I, I assume, is reading a book. 
War and Peace. Mm-hmm. And they say, wow, they didn't say anything about this girl. Uh, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, well, where's your husband? We, we, have, uh, we got words with him. Just stay put, lady. So they don't kill her, uh, but they do walk into uh, W.K. Worthington's study, who happens to have a fascination with cowboys, as you can see the pictures on his study wall. Yeah, he's old school. Absolutely. He probably made his money in the oil industry. Probably He's a man's man. Heck yeah, on the Texas ranches. Definitely. You can't break into my home like this. I'll call the police. I'll... You ain't ain't calling calling anyone. Not even the Undertaker. (laughs) Nobody squeals on the Dazzler rat. This'll button your lips forever. Zapped. Oh, you the don't... muzzle. <laughs> I saw the muzzle. The last thing I saw before I died, the muzzle. Meanwhile. Uh, meanwhile, the, uh, the, the news amazingly catches right up to them. They're like on their way home. Well, yep. Th- this proves that they are definitely listening to the radio and not an eight track because it's time for some news. Headlines. There's been a murder at the Worthington houses. Warren Worthington Socially Jr. prominent has, Warren Worthington Jr. Has, has just, just been, been slain. slain. Dad? <laughs> so they're on the way home, and then we get a meanwhile that these guys are skulking around, and then they kill them, and then somehow the news gets out immediately, and then as they're on the way home, and the timing of this is just really, really fast, unless Warren's like a couple of hours away or something. <laughs> Uh, it's the Worthingtons. They have their own uh, uh, press corps <laughs> on site. So as soon as they killed W.K. Worthington, uh, Mrs. Worthington was like, Oh, Dan Rather, come here, help me. Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> oh, my gosh. we have a, well, I need to get on the air. Stop the presses, et cetera, et cetera. And they just happen to be listening to the right channel at the right time. Well, yeah. it interrupts all channels. Of course. it's Well, it's a Worthington. Yeah. They actually were listening to the 8-track, but the radio signal was so powerful that it stopped <laughs> the 8-track and uh, uh, presented the message. So uh, Warren pulls over the cor- car and... Uh, Slams on the brakes and gets out of the car and... He's a man... Abandons pos- Candy Southern. He's a, he's a man possessed. She's all like, oh, come back. What's come over you? Please, I want to help you. He's all like, just get out of my life. Which is... <laughs> really out of left field if you if you ask me i mean yeah it's pretty uh they were having a good time i mean yeah he's just been given some bad news but he'd be like you know be a gentleman be like you know i gotta go and this isn't gonna make any sense but the quickest way for me to go is to stop the car and run into those woods (laughs) don't ask my dad just died oh fair enough (laughs) just stay out of my life woman (laughs) it doesn't make any sense you know but Anyways, secretly, Angel hates women. <laughs> so uh, he does get away from her and apparently other prying eyes, and uh, uh, he doesn't dead. quite... Dad's dead, and while I'm earthbound, his killers are up in the sky. Ah, uh, yes, because they did point out on the radio that the villains escaped on some flying contraptions. Segways. Yes, segways. So it all connects to make this the perfect crime for the Angel to have to solve or whatever he has to do here. But anyways, there's no telephone booth, but he does whip off his clothes and become the angel. Yeah, because he was apparently wearing his costume under his 
uh, night gear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they all do anyways. Uh, in this picture of him flying through the night sky, he is mad. Oh, yeah. The vermin who killed my father must feel safe from capture, but they'll soon learn how wrong they are, for up there is where I belong. They won't escape justice, I swear it. I'll get them. I'll get them. He is mad. So he's flying around, flies, I guess, towards... Oh, no, 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 he doesn't fly towards his house. Uh, we get a, a, a second mutation. He says, my bird-like sense of direction, turning on, guiding me. So apparently, wherever he wants to go, and even if he doesn't know how to get there, his bird-like senses will turn on and guide him there. That's that's handy. <laughs> Fair I handy. mean, birds do that every time. Like, have you ever killed a bird's dad? Because they will come after you. <laughs> you know, the best that I could come up with is like, you know, maybe when the weather changes, like he would head south or north based upon like mi- migratory patterns. But I don't know. With a power like this, you would think that the X-Men would be like, Angel. Where's Magneto? Um, oh, he's over here. Come on, guys. Maybe he can sense or, or smell their uh, their segues. I'm sure. <laughs> which they refer to in the next panel as jet pogo sticks. Jet pogo sticks. These jet pogo sticks are terrific for surefire getaways. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> they sure are. So they're flying together and... Uh, the angel comes flying in, and they see him, and they're like, I don't know what that is, but let's go in different directions. So they head off in different directions. Angel but, takes one of them out, and uh, the other one starts shooting at him. With his ray gun, because these gyro wheelie board things uh, are not equipped with weapons. They look totally unstable, too. <laughs> <laughs> they look highly dangerous. <laughs> no safety belt. They're literally just like a, a like a, like take your bathroom scale, step on it, and put a big baseball bat on the front of it. That's what they're flying around on. And yeah, these, pretty much. <laughs> and these guys are up there. I mean, we're not just like hovering above ground. I mean, we're literally five hundred feet off the ground here. It's like the lamest goblin glider ever. <laughs> it's terrible. Their feet aren't even strapped in like a goblin glider. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah, that guy falls off and presumably he dies, just splatters on the pavement below. <laughs> and the Bare other fists, wing maneuverability aren't enough to defeat a ray gun armed killer. Have to use strategy. Mm-hmm. So the other guy's flying around uh, uh, behind him with his ray gun. Uh, and I guess we miss a whole lot here, but he does use some of his agility and training to thack uh, him on the back of the neck, G.I. Joe style. Yeah, somewhere in there was some strategy. Yes. I'm going to fly around behind him and hit him in the back of the neck. Go, Angel <laughs> Wings, go. you don't get to see any of that. All you're going to see is me hitting him in the back of the neck. So uh, the next panel is a twofer. We see him punch the faceless blue guy across the face twice. You don't deserve to live. You killed a wonderful man. Oh, and he's pummeling him now. He's like, why shouldn't I exterminate you like you did him? Who was he? That was I. I mean, oh, then the guy says, I was only following orders. And here's where we get the actual connection of this story to the X-Men. Suddenly arriving, lawmen accompanied by FBI agent Duncan. Dun, dun, dun. And then they even referenced agent Duncan's been coordinator of the X-Men activities since issue 44 of their own mag. I'm going to disagree with that. 
Yeah, that's that's an incorrect statement. I wouldn't say coordinating. He's been involved since issue forty four, but no, he it wasn't even forty four. That's what I have to disagree with. Are you sure what was in issue forty four? Issue forty four is the one where uh, the Red Raven appears. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so, it's it's not for like three issues after that. That yeah, it's not until like issue forty seven that Amos Duncan shows up, and is subsequently but, you know. killed. And then Fred Duncan appears. But, you know, you know, uh, they get A plus for effort, I guess. Yeah, no, they get zero for effort because <laughs> nobody was like, let's open these comic books and find out. Uh, 44 sounds about right. It's 1970, so, you know, we're on issue 80. Must be something around there. <laughs> Who's Who would possibly ever check on this? So we are, it is implied that Agent Duncan is the coordinator of the X-Men activities currently. So we're going to guess that this happens to be when they're split up. That's why we're reading this now. It's official. We've explained it. Uh, agreed. So he says, um, Amos Duncan says, uh, cool it, Angel. Uh, we Those were Stooges of the Dazzler. Let me help you get their leader. Angel's like, the Dazzler? She's a hot singer. I love her. Oh, wait. Wait, no, not that Dazzler. But actually, he says, I don't need help. I don't want help. All I want is the Dazzler. (laughs) And he is screaming, arms outstretched. Oh, man. Then he thinks to himself, my dad died because of him. He must pay with his own life. So swears the angel. And And that's the end of our first part. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so then we jump to Kesar number three. And this tale is entitled In the Den The Angel in the Den of the Dazzler. And this one apparently has no writers or artists or letters or inkers because they're not listed. Well, it's a good thing they were listed in the first one. We'll have to assume it's all the same. We're going to assume that Jerry Siegel is at least writing. I don't know about the rest. I'm betting Stanley's still editing. I'll give you that one. So anyways, uh, we get very quick little recap on Cop is like, why is that why is that mutant so angry? Duncan's like, it's an FBI man, it matter, I'll handle it. Angel's like, oh, the Dazzler's rotten heartless, me. One of the finest men who ever lived died because of me. We'll get him, me. <laughs> Agent Duncan is picking up his hat because in the previous episode, Angel knocked it off. Did he? Yeah. Wow, that's good continuity. Yeah. Um, and, and Angel, he's he's got he's he's not quite as animated as he was in the last panel, but he's crazy looking. For the first time in his astounding career as a superpowered battler against evil, the Angel knows what it means to hate, to be crypt by rage, to destroy. The soul-searing reason as so dramatically delineated in our last dish is that his father was murdered at the command of the Dazzler! One day I'm going to make a shirt and it's going to say, I am a super-powered battler against evil. <laughs> I just think that that's kind of a cool term, battler. I'm the battler. <laughs> I'm the battler against evil. Look out, I'm the battler. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> All right, so Fred Duncan, or I guess Duncan here, because we're we're trying to forget the whole Amos Duncan uh, episode. Duncan is saying, uh, 
Hey, just let Uncle Sam handle it. You know, be be reasonable. Let the law make him pay for his crimes. Don't do anything crazy. Why do I need the law? I've got these two hands. And this is oh. where he really gets into uh, uh, slanginess and, and lazy English. Guan. G apostrophe W-A-N. Back to your crummy red tape. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Your homo sapiens laws, Duncan. I'm a homo, homo superior. superior. Maybe that puts me <laughs> above the laws of ordinary people. Maybe. Knock it off, Angel. You're spewing the rotten philosophy of Magneto. No one can take the law into their own hand. No one. And then we get a weird panel where Angel says, what about the so-called unwritten laws? All right, I'll cool it. <laughs> and she quickly answers with, all right. Not all right. All right. I'll cool it. And then Duncan says, now you're talking. Now you're talking? <laughs> okay, what are we talking? I don't really understand what we're talking about. but You just answered your own question and you agreed with me, so whatever. <laughs> and then Angel quickly changes his mind again and says, I'm still going to nab the Dazzler before you do. Which, what does that mean? Because then That Dun just means he's, he's not going to kill him anymore. He's oh. just going to get him. But that's not legal either. I can't go out and apprehend people, can I? Yeah, but Agent Duncan's okay with it. He's like, go to it. Yeah, he is. Go to it. But, but remember, remember that taking the law into your own hands is not the American way. So, I don't know. All right, whatever. Meanwhile, at the Fortress of the Dazzler, underneath the Statue of Liberty. The Dazzler looking fine in an orange and pink suit. <laughs> He looks like he's had, uh, you know, one too many cream puffs. He's a supportly man. <laughs> I guess we've not seen his whole body uh, uh, up until now. For good reason. But uh, he needs to find his henchmen, and he figures the only way that he can is by tracing the minute chemoid particles. Chemoid particles. Yeah, and then he... He uses his dazzler beams to zero in on the wave pulses, which waft invisibly forth from the telltale garments of his troopers. His dazzler beams look a lot like Cyclops's optic blasts. <laughs> Except he seems to be doing his dazzler beams into a little box. Yes. I don't know. Does he need the box? Are the or beam the screen, the busy screen? The Vizio screen. So are the dazzler beams coming from his eyes, or are they coming from his mask? I don't. Really, I can't really tell. Yeah, I don't know either. It doesn't matter. At any rate, they enable him to see exactly what his uh, his his army is doing at the police station. And not only that, not only can he see what's going on, but he has the av ability to turn up the audio so he won't miss a single syllable. <laughs> Which what? How? Where? Of apparently, the outfits of his his uh, troops are like. Out speakers outfitted <laughs> with little microphones yeah okay so he hears duncan uh, and duncan's hair by the way has changed colors I, I swear it used to be like a darker brown now it's orange hmm. well i mean in this cycle it's been all orange but i think if you go back to the x-men it's, it's a darker brown but i'm just nitpicking at this point. well maybe this is amos duncan no but we saw amos duncan get killed by the juggernaut yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says he's trying to get information out of the blue henchmen by saying, where's the Dazzler? You know he'll kill you if you don't go into my protection, and I'll kill you. I'll tell everybody that you confessed, and then he'll kill you. 
See, and then the guy's like, shut up. Let me think, will you, Duncan? Okay, I'll talk, Gumshoe. Me too, just protect us from him. Having no delusions about the cowardice of the human vermin in my employ, I can safely predict that they shall squeal their guts out. Thanks, <laughs> Dazzler. Only after hearing that they said, I'm going to squeal my guts out. <laughs> hmm. I have deduced that they will squeal their guts out. So I, I must change the chemoid particles of their clothes into antimatter before the spineless dogs can betray me. After this, never again will any dare to betray me. And then he makes them spontaneously combust. Yeah, he kills them. He <laughs> makes them explode. No, not really. He literally just he teleports them back to the Statue of Liberty. But it looks oh, painful. I thought he... Oh, I thought he killed them. An instant later, the starkly unbelievable erupts, and then uh, what in blazes happened? That blinding flash. Nothing left to see of him. Minutes later, the Dazzler violently denounces the remainder of his gang. You're right. He doesn't teleport them. He disintegrated them. Yeah, he totally disintegrated them, which makes me wonder why the gang are wearing these outfits. <laughs> That's so horrible. If I was in the gang and I had seen this, I'd be like, I'm getting this outfit off now. <laughs> this, this is, yes, yeah, this outfit's a death sentence. And does he have does he have like a switch for each prison? I mean, he pulled one lever and it killed these two guys. He must have a lever for each person. <laughs> That's crazy! Wow. Maybe he's got switches. He turned on uh, Lefty and and Johnny. Sure. Wow. This this all of a sudden just got real, folks. He's got a uh, Serpentor um, chair there. Looks like it has. Yeah, like, I know. It's got snakes that look like owls that are coming out of his. That's that. Those are his armrests. Yeah, uh, and he says, "Now hear this. Complete all assignments to my satisfaction, or perish. Remember that always." So yeah, I mean, if I'm one of these blue henchmen guys, I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Dazzle, let's go get him." The minute I get outside of that Statue of Liberty, I'm stripping naked and swimming for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first thing he does to follow it up is he throws a flask, a nearby flask, in the face of one of his men. Ow! <laughs> Why does he do that? He's, He's off his rocker again. He's just mad just... out of cursed jackals away before i disintegrate every last one of you and this isn't and a apes despicable dullard dullards be gone from my sight this isn't just a flask it's like a goblet with like a goblin hand holding on to the bowl part of it that he whacks against his face serious business Whew. all right meanwhile later that evening in the worthington home Angel is sitting around, I don't know, waiting I guess for... He said he was going to go console his mom, so presumably he's been consoling. Okay. The phone rings, and he's thinking that it's possibly uh, Duncan with information about Dazzler's mystery pad. <laughs> because he's got a pad. <laughs> cool pad, Dazzler. Now I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Hello, who? An undertaker. Oh, it's a dirty undertaker calling up to get the, the best final accommodations, as will happen. Yes, and this guy has gigantic teeth. He's smoking a cigarette, flicking a Zippo. He's got cufflinks. I mean, this guy. He's like a thinly built uh, penguin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you take this, the penguin and stretch him out so he's tall and skinny, mm -hmm. that's kind of what. Or, or an evil Jeeves. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, hello, hello. So Angel uh, hangs up on him. Yeah, he's ticked off. How dare an undertaker call me and do stuff? I'm going to bury him myself. Don't you understand? He was my father. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why did it happen to dad? And he smashes uh, 
What, what is it? It's Some like, sort of statue. Yeah, it's like a ceramic doll or something because you can see there's like what looks like a woman's head flying up in the uh, top of the panel there. Yeah. And then a dress in the bottom. I don't know why Dazzler ordered him to be slain, but I do know this. If I hadn't dated you, he holds up a picture of Candy Southern. My father would be alive now. So lovely. So lovely. So deadly. <laughs> Witness the birth of Dark Angel. Oh, wait. <laughs> this is some terrible logic. Yeah, it's all if can't. I, it's if all I Kansas hadn't fault. dated you, like, it's her fault. Mm-hmm. We're finished through. Can't bear to ever look at Candy again. There's a ghost between us now. My dad. Suddenly, the brooding thoughts are jolted out of Warren's mind. A blinding light. Oh, my gosh. He's going to get disintegrated by the Dazzler now, too. <laughs> this is the end of the angel, everybody. This is his death issue. What are they going to do for the third part? <laughs> Be like Candy taking over for him. Oh, he died because of me. It's a good thing I grew these wings. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I borrowed them from the Red Raven. <laughs> I feel like I'm being po- peeled apart from the inside out. Oh. So the Dazzler has a teleporter beam that he just used on Warren Worthington. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how he did that. Uh, I guess since the blue people were in the Worthington house killing W.K. Worthington, they could have potentially laced his suits with the chemo threads or whatever they were uh, to make that a teleporting mechanism. Either that or the author was just like, how am I going to get Angel over to this place? Uh, I'll just teleport him there. Eh, okay. <laughs> um, so the Angel recognizes these blue people. is like, oh, they're so familiar. Uh, I know where I've been teleported. I must be in the Dazzler's pad. pad. <laughs> <laughs> he starts punching the blue guys and throwing them about. Until one of them whacks him in the back of the head with a mallet or something. I don't know. He, he just doesn't know when to stop with his, like, witty repartee. So you pug uglies are the Dazzler's muscle men, eh? Let's see if I can make you even uglier. Not that you could look uglier, but I'll try. Like this. <laughs> I'm hitting you. Does this hurt? In the face. Do you feel uglier now? <laughs> Does it hurt? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so uh, he gets whacked uh, and knocked out. And then he wakes up to the Dazzler's face, saying, uh, "The preparations. There are preparations to be completed. I'll deal with him later." Yeah, they're in some sort of a dark room. He's in a cell of some kind. They're so yeah. confident I can't get out. There aren't any even any guards around. So, uh, Angel's secret identity has not really been revealed to anybody. They this... didn't notice that he was wearing his Angel costume underneath his 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 outfit. Which, if you look at this panel where he's starting to strip down, he... Um, yeah, I'm with you. You can see his chest, his bare yeah, chest. Yeah, he's not wearing his outfit. So he must, like, roll it down halfway. <laughs> That's the only way to do it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, he pulls all of his clothes off and he changes into his angel garb and starts crawling through the ventilation ducts. He often, He also wonders how that old song went. Sing it at yes. him. If I had the wings of an angel, I don't know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Apparently there's an old song that goes that way. For a guy who's really bitter and angry and going through all these emotions, it's just kind of a random thought to have. 
He's a little Where'd that old song go. Hmm. Hmm. He's a little delirious, but anyways, uh, he so he uh, he starts walking through the uh, the the heating ducts, and uh, he stumbles upon the dazzler, who is uh, plotting. I guess. Let no one interrupt when the dazzler speaks. You don't interrupt me. You you must not interrupt me as well. I'm about to speak. Please let me speak. You don't interrupt me. You what's your name? Jake, don't interrupt me. <laughs> oh. uh, so he says um, that their earlier crimes were but a preliminary to the big hit. Oh, now that Warren Worthington has been slain by his own command, uh, your master is almost ready to loot the planet at will. Oh, wow. Well, he's definitely got the ability. He's got all this technology to disintegrate people, to teleport people. I, If anybody can loot the planet, it's the Dazzler. Why isn't he just teleporting money into his underground fortress? Mm, that's a good question. Maybe <laughs> he needs organic material attached to the money. Oh, jeez. Really? <laughs> that's where you go? I don't know. I, I had to go somewhere. Okay. Do you know how gross money is? There's probably organic material all over our money. That's true. That's true. Well, this is in the 60s. It wasn't gross back then. <laughs> oh, that's back when the money was clean. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The sound of the dazzler gloating over the death of Warren's father shreds the last vestiges of restraint from the mutant like a great predatory bird on the wing. He rockets towards revenge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who? The name is the angel, mister. I hunt down human snakes like you. I'm the angel snake hunter. <laughs> he right. basically comes out of the grates and goes and pushes the uh, Dazzler into one of his goons. In a very precarious position, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, one of the other goons who's watching says to the Dazzler, Watch me blast that flying freak off your back, master. Blam, Thok. Rotten marksmanship, fella. You're probably a wizard shooting clay pigeons, but all thumbs when you're up against a bird man who can fight back. And he keeps going. The idea is to hit the target dead center like this. <laughs> now look at this. He punches uh oh, he punches the faceless uh uh okay, I thought this was the dazzler for a moment because he's got the same space between his seat, but he knocks a tooth out of the, the henchman. Know, that's a serious quam there. I've never I don't think I've ever seen a Marvel comic where somebody's tooth has been knocked out like that. <laughs> crazy and so much for your flunkies your clobbering won't be that gentle so he's gonna knock more teeth out of the um mouth of the dazzler that's true but the dazzler has a little secret weapon up his plan apparently uh he yet does not know that angel is warren worthington but in preparation for capturing warren worthington he's also captured candy southern whoof so now Angel's got kind of a double uh, whammy here. He's not sure what to do. If he opposes the Dazzler, the Dazzler will push a button causing Candy to die. But she's the one that caused this in the first place. <laughs> Angel thinks to himself, strange. Indirectly, Candy's helped cause Dad's death. Again, what? <laughs> and, now... and now her life is in my hands. Can't let her be harmed, of course. Quick little qualifier there. Oh, I hate her so much I can rip her from limb to limb, which, of course, I would never do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have summoned more of my men, so 
Basically, the Dazzler has just an unlimited supply of blue-dressed goons. Of all shapes and sizes. Look, there's like there's a kind of fat one there. There's mm-hmm. like a skinny one with a ray gun. Ooh, he's got like a ray rifle gun. Yep. The one in the foreground looks a little aged. Yeah. Maybe he's run out of like the, the A-cut group, and now he's like, all right, bring on the B-squad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, says Angel. Not all right. All right. You got me all a Twitter. What does come next, you maniac? <laughs> Even the Dazzler is not immune to curiosity, and so off with your mask. I want to see who you really are. Because the world has been waiting to unmask the angel. It's true. <laughs> Watch for the mind-blowing conclusion to this epic angel adventure in Marvel Tales number 30. As three people reach for the angel's mask. And then we flip to Marvel Tales number 30 to read to cage an angel. Trapped in the stronghold of the Dazzler, as seen in case R number 3, the captured young birdman struggles mightily but fails to escape the grasp of three burly thugs. As he is unmasked, for the first time his uncovered features are seen by men of evil. So, my secret identity is revealed. Once that would have been hard to take, but now... All that matters is that the Dazzler pays for having Dad murdered. Another quick recap. And uh, Dazzler's, you see Dazzler in the corner. He's got Angel's mask. He's holding it. Oh, yeah. Think this is dramatic shocker? Wait till you turn the page. More stupefying surprises. More powerhouse action awaits you, hero. Stanley editor, Jerry Sewell writer, George Tusca artist, Dick Ayers inker, Artie Simic letterer. It's nice that we got that reminder that we didn't get in the last issue. Yeah. <laughs> so it is the same team. Well, no, it wasn't it Sam Rosen lettering before. Oh, you're right. They switched up letterers. Jeez, you'd think that they would try to keep it consistent for just the three <laughs> mini issues. But uh, anyways, uh, the Dazzler says, so the mutant angel is Warren Worthington third. Because meanwhile, he thought that Warren Worthington was still locked up. And wouldn't he be like, why Why are you here, Angel? This <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense. You don't know where my base was. Why did you come here? Uh, but he says, congratulations. I'm not easily surprised. Which makes no sense. Congratulations. You know, I am not easily surprised. As if the Angel was trying to pull a fast one over the Dazzler this whole time. They're like, congratulations. I am. You've surprised me would make sense or, or anything along those lines. But... Congratulations! I'm exactly the same way I was before. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, which is not easily surprised, and and you haven't easily surprised me. So there. But check this out. Watch while I unmask. Your amazement may even surprise mine or surpass mine. Which you know wasn't a whole lot, so it wouldn't take much. Nope. <laughs> it could be anybody. <laughs> be like, oh my god, you're the mailman. Why are you doing this? Oh, your dad never tipped, and he received a lot of packages. <laughs> but it turns so many packages. <laughs> Just a card would have been nice. <laughs> For that, I had your father murdered. No, it it turns out that it's Uncle Bert. Oh man, Uncle Bert, Uncle Bert Worthington. You the... had your own brother killed. Why? He talked himself to death. A few years when I got out of prison, a few years ago when I got out of prison, I asked him to help me get a new start. I wheeled and dealed. Before long, he was hopelessly involved in my diamond smuggling syndicate. 
When he accidentally discovered what my ultimate goal was, he threatened to tell the authorities. I had to order him slain. I hated to kill my brother. He could have been useful to me longer. I used him. Now come and see how I'll use you. So there you go. The plot has been revealed. Uh, apparently his ultimate uh, goal is world conquest and not just looting the planet. Got to be honest, I kind of like the plot of looting the planet better. <laughs> what, what? I thought his plot was just to be head of a diamond smuggling syndicate. I got no idea what his plot is, but he's got a <laughs> big giant tractor here or gun or something that's it's huge and green. And he says that uh, he needs a diamond. It is a spatial, dis- oh, to power his spatial destructor machine. Not just any diamond, the world's largest diamond. Mm-hmm. You will bring this diamond to me, nephew. There must be no slip-up, understand? He does not tolerate slip-ups, as we've seen time and time again. I will disintegrate you. <laughs> <laughs> All that will be left is your wings. That'd be awesome. I understand that you're a rotten killer. I understand you want to twist this world into a playground for your sick ambitions. I understand I gotta finish what your dad started. I'll smash your plot. And you. Zaz. And he says, those those ray blasts, close. He's just narrating for himself at this point. (laughs) I've got wings. If I don't use them now, I may never get another chance. So... He flies up, grabs one of the goons, takes the goon, and throws the goon at the other goons, turning them into a human missile. Right. And then he starts beating up the machine and trying to knock it over, because apparently he's gained the power of super strength. Right, it's a very light machine. And he thinks that it might blow at any moment. It'll be like a king-sized Molotov cocktail. That's a fuel vat. And, and it, it does. It explodes. Thoom! Arg! It's a large... Somehow, even though Angel was standing right next to it, he manages to be completely unscathed. That flying stunt... So, uh, what did he knock over? He knocked over the fuel vat. Why is the fuel vat exactly the same color as the... Because the... The Dazzler is a big fan of the color green. <laughs> Not just one green, but it's two shades of green. You've got light green and dark green. He paints all of his things, these two shades of green. Deal with it. Move on. <laughs> okay, so he knocks over the fuel vat, but meanwhile, the Dazzler's sitting in his crazy gun machine and starts shooting at the angel. When, oh, he does have eye beams. What, but it's what, official. Yeah, but when that fails, that's when he shoots him with his Dazzler beams, which look a lot like Cyclops's optic tests. Yeah. And so he captures the angel, and they put on the uh, a helmet in which to place him in the mind command tube. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go hang out in a tube for a while. <laughs> Something about oh, that. Oh, you are. <laughs> uh-huh. How do you think I get you to do this podcast every week? I'm in the Matrix right now. <laughs> yeah. I put candy. Can I put candy Summers? Wait, what? Whoa, (laughs) I didn't notice that. (laughs) Place him within the mind command tube. I put Candy Summers into a somnolent state. 
However, I have something else in store for him. So apparently this is the unknown sister of Scott Summers, <laughs> whom Angel is unknowingly dating. This is amazing. Candy Summers. Now, I'll bet you if you go to the Wikipedia for Marvel and you look up <laughs> Candy Summers, it'll be like, Candy Summers Southern. <laughs> no relation to Scott Summers. Hear and obey, Angel. You will be compelled to do precisely what I command. This brainwash device is infallible. Yep. It is unfallible, or infallible, I should say. So after he hits him with a dose of the infallible mind command tube ray blast, he says, you must, you will accept a diamond delivery. So he's commanding uh, Angel to go pick up the diamond. Right, and it's being delivered outside the house. That's his plan. Not... Go outside and pick up the delivery. It'll be here at 3 o'clock. At precisely 3 p.m., you will wait in front of the store. When a man approaches you, you will hold out your hand. In your hand will be placed a diamond. You will place the diamond in your pocket. Then you will take a taxi cab to 4th and Lexington. You will be dropped off and... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is not that compelling of a plot there, Dazzler. Anyhow, uh, Dazzler lapses back into uh, how he loathed his sanctimonious brother and how pleased he is that this son will deliver the one object I need to make the earth mine. Oh, the irony. Delicious irony. Later that evening at the Worthington home, uh, Angel thinks to himself, my uncle didn't suspect that though his device can control ordinary people, it didn't enslave me, a homo superior. That's my secret. So much for the infallible device. <laughs> so what does that make Burt Worthington? Is he a mutant? An altered human? Or does he just have a helmet that allows him to shoot people? I don't know. Okay. We'll, we may never find out. I promised that FBI agent, he doesn't refer to him as Duncan anymore, that he wouldn't take the law into his own hands. Uh, but wait, wait, wait. Before that, we get this great panel uh, of Angel running like from the back. It's just completely random, and there's all sorts of running lines and stuff. He's running into the pink void. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. That's where he goes. That's his other power that you didn't know about. He he transports himself to a different uh, uh, plane of existence to center himself, and then he comes back. I, I, I really want to know. Like I want to see the script for this. Angel <laughs> runs. Adam, I think you are reading the script to it. <laughs> I don't think there's any more material that like would shed any light on what's happening here. But there's a panel of, of absolutely nothing happening. <laughs> he, no, he's running into the pink void. He's running into his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, they just like, well, what are we going to do? We have like about an inch of space here. Why don't we increase the size of the next panel? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's stupid. Let's make a shot of him running into the pink void. <laughs> okay, so he says that... Uh, he won't take the law into his own hands, uh, but he's going to do a double cross. That's basically what he says. There's no law against that. Yeah, no. So the he's waiting out in front of a play the, uh, or a theater that's showing a, a Gone with the Wind, and mm -hmm. a what looks like a Dick Tracy like thug comes up. Uh, sunglasses hat and has the package and says, ooh, the Daz, he, he, you match his description. Tell Daz that when he owns the world, he can show his gratitude to our mob by giving us Wall Street. Yeah, see, that'll show him. Because <laughs> that's useful. 
<laughs> he also notes that swiping it from the Maharaja was no cinch. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, so he says, wow, so this is what Uncle Bert had robbed and killed for. I'll bet he can hardly wait to get his mitts on it. Meanwhile, in the den of the Dazzler, cutting to the spatial destructor in that uh, classic two shades of green. Mm-hmm. In the basement of the Statue of Liberty. Right. Soon I'll have a huge diamond and I'll unleash unthinkable might to the world's greatest of all death-dealing devices. This guy's a Angel di- shows up. Oh, go ahead. This guy's a death-dealer. Oh, cool. <laughs> sure. Anyways. Angel shows up, gives Dazzler the diamond, and then... Uh, I guess Angel's like, oh, you got what you want. Let the girl go. And then they they put a, uh, like, the, the goons grab Angel. No one tells the Dazzler what to do. Take that brainwashed slave out of my sight. He doesn't sound too brainwashed. Put him back in the tube. And now to conquer our world. <laughs> oh. While you're doing that, I am going to conquer the world. <laughs> the diamond is inserted in the power cell unit. Now to press the doom button. <laughs> I wish I had a doom button. I do. Every household needs a doom button. Target number one will be Paris. Because why not? Sure, why not? Stupid frogs. <laughs> uh, Brunk, that clanking. Do you think something went wrong? Nah, master don't make mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> the spatial destructor going wild. Instead of destroying Paris, it's bursting apart. <laughs> Well, those are like the two options. Destroy Paris, burst apart. Or self-destruct. Must flee. And then the goons, I'm getting out of here. This is nuts to have anything to do with this caper. The Dazzler turns around and points accusingly at the angel and says, You, you're responsible for this angel, but how? All I did was substitute a cheap hunk of glass for the real thing. Your brainwashed try failed, or have you already guessed? Get him, man. He's ruined everything. Ugh. <laughs> Angel gives him a karate chop in the neck. <laughs> in case it hasn't dawned on you creeps, you've been working for the biggest loser in criminal history. It's dawned on me. Out of my way. The crumb's trying to slip off. Angel says, referring to the Dazzler. Dazzler strong strongly picks up candy and the Dazzler and flies out of a roof uh, opening right before apparently the entire Statue of Liberty explodes <laughs> in, in a huge explosion. And all of the Dazzler's men are killed, too. Yeah. So okay. no more Statue of Liberty in the Marvel Universe. It's gone, folks. Don't bother looking for it. It's destroyed. So he flies the two of them to the top of a skirt, uh, towards the top of a skyscraper. Think about it, though. Candy's probably, so she's a 60s girl drawn very light. She's probably a good 115. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Dazzler, portly man, I'm going to go about two bucks. Wearing a heavy suit, so I'd give him 250. 250. So he's flying around with 365 pounds. (laughs) He, He can just do that. Yeah, and he's going pretty high, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he would be low to the ground, just in case he slipped. Yeah, and dropped candy or the Dazzler, because he's not a murderer. Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second here. 
The Dazzler punches him, causing both the Dazzler and Candy to be dropped. It's a delicious story, much like the the Green Goblin and Gwen Stacy. What will he do? Will he save the children or will he save Gwen? I don't know how that storyline works. (laughs) (laughs) But Gwen dies. Um, Maybe Candy will die in some sort of other heroic tale. A tragic heroic tale. Or, Or maybe Angel will just rescue her and let the Dazzler careen to his death. What of the Dazzler? There wasn't time to save them both. So he captures, he catches, he catches uh, Candy, and then we cut to a panel of the Dazzler falling to his death. Yeah! <laughs> now to get Candy to a hospital. I didn't mean to end it this way, but Dad is avenged. At last. I guess I can date this girl again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, she's pretty. <laughs> I guess it wasn't all her fault. <laughs> it's kind of the Dazzler's fault, mostly. It's kind of Dad's fault. Dad was like, you take that girl out. You're a Worthington. <laughs> you show Dad inadvertently inadvertently told me to take out Candy, which inadvertently caused him to die. I hate my dad for killing my dad. Dad. So my dad killed my dad. <laughs> hmm. I'll never forgive him. Well, there you go, folks. The solo tale of the angel and uh, the death of Angel's father, which is uh, surely going to motivate his adventures from here on out, drastically changing the character. Yes, and also the uh, loss of his dear uncle, Bert, which doesn't seem to have bothered him very much at all. Nah. A little reconciliation there with Candy Summers. I mean, Southern. So, you know, that's, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. Candy Summers. <laughs> <laughs> we did get some uh, communications from some of our listeners. Unless you wanted to do some more uh, talking about this wonderful three-part. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Let's go forward with the communique. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> we got an email from Brandon Perdue, who was uh, correcting... He's our expert listener. Ah, yes, our, our resident expert. He corrected me. Wonder Man was never gay, so I apologize to all of you Wonder Man fans who... Silly, I, silly Jeremy. I don't, Gays maybe, are for kids. <laughs> maybe there was just something about uh, Wonder Man that just made me... You just wished he was gay. He's a good-looking dude. He's a movie star, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so it says that North Star was probably the longest-running openly gay superhero, uh, and then a DC character named Extrano... I'm not sure. I'm not sure who that is. And then uh, Earth Two, Earth Two's Green Lantern, is gay. Yes, that's sort of that's the one I was referring to last issue uh, or last episode was Alan Scott Earth Two Green Lantern. Yes, as is Bunker, a current character in some of the Teen Titans oriented material. Don't know about that. Yeah, sure, I believe him. Uh, and some people wait. Since introducing Wildstorm's characters into the main universe, they also claim Apollo and Midnighter. Which I know about Apollo and Midnighter. I had forgotten about them. They're basically like Batman and Superman. But just gay? Yeah. That's awesome. So there's just like to- all these gay superheroes? Well, I mean, there's there's just two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Fine. Uh, and then... Apollo is like a sun god, and, and uh, the other guy is like the Batman. All right, and then uh, let's see. And they happen to be gay lovers. It's pretty hot. Also, Captain Metropolis and the Hooded Justice from Watchmen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. So there you go. The uh, uh, that was kind of uh, behind the scenes 
it wasn't ever uh, explicit. Oh, uh, aside from North Star, the Marvel Universe also has Wiccan and Hulkling. On, right, from the Young Avengers. And Colossus in the Ultimate Universe. Which I completely forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> That's just fodder for TV shows. He also mentions Batwoman, which another one that I should have remembered. So there you go. Lots of gayness in comic books. We also got an iTunes review from Scarecrow's Brain. Uh, nice. He, we, that's, that makes our 25th. And uh, so we didn't realize it as of issue 50, but this is close enough. We made my goal. 50 episodes, 25 iTunes reviews. Yay. We have half as many reviews as we do have episodes. we got to keep that up, folks. So hopefully by 52, we've got 26. Yeah. Uh, hello. <laughs> Each week, Adam and Jeremy deliver an entertaining look at the X-Men. That's a cool thing to say. Um, some of the early issues are difficult to get through, but A and J keep it entertaining. So we love to hear that sort of stuff. And it's nice that somebody's putting a little bit of entertainment to some of these old issues. I like that. A and J. Yeah. Yeah. It should be J and A, but you know, whatever. A comes first in the alphabet, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Fine. And we got a note here on the Facebook page from Arthur W. Painter. Yeah. Just a question that was about video games. Oh yeah. I forgot about this question. Uh, basically, we referred to some uh, X-Men stuff. Uh, what did we refer to? He says, it's been mentioned a few times that one of you used to play the old Marvel superheroes RPG. That was me. Right, right. <clears throat> yes, do, that's you. Do either of you play video games? If so, do you have a favorite X-Men game? Let's back up one second. So, Adam, did you ever play uh, Marvel superheroes? Yes. Well, no, I never played it. I rolled up Ghost Rider. That's all I ever did. What does that mean, you rolled up Ghost Rider? I created Ghost Rider was not in the Marvel superheroes game at the time, so I had to create him from scratch. Oh, okay. So you, you basically extrapolated like I think he's got thirty for strength and twenty for intelligence and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was a uh, uh, in fifth grade, so that goes back quite a while. I can't quite remember. Uh, I got in, uh, involved with these guys who played Marvel superheroes. It's kind of how my introduction into comic books. Um, it was around X-Men number 218, so go extrapolate what year that was, probably 88 or 89. Totally got into Marvel superheroes, rolling up our own unique characters, going on the adventures, buying some of the campaigns. And it was, it, well, it was literally like Dungeons and Dragons for the Marvel superheroes. Mm -hmm. I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, uh, his question is, do either of you play video games? And the answer to that is, I do. Do you? I do as well. And if you want to see some video game action, you should go out to YouTube and look for 8-Bit Red Cat. That's me. And you can look at uh, some videos I put together about how to clean up your Nintendo stuff. Ooh. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you have a, do you have an, a favorite X-Men game? You know, I really don't. I, I think probably my favorite one would, you know how they had that Simpsons game? Yeah. Or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Yeah. They all were kind of the same template. Yeah. They did an X-Men version of that, the yeah. arcade game. That's that's probably my favorite. If you go back to episode three or four somewhere, uh, the intro music is that music from that video game. Hmm. But um, I think I might agree. There's been a lot of X-Men. Um, I remember you played the Nintendo X-Men game. I... Not re I didn't own it. I might have rented it. I don't it. think you owned it. Yeah, I rented. Uh, I I remember it being awful. Yeah, <laughs> just being utterly awful. I think it was LJN and LJN on Nintendo just made the worst games. <laughs> um, 
but I recently was at a thrift shop and I picked up a copy of X-Men for the Game Gear for $3. So maybe I'll maybe I'll play that at some point. I have played the demo for Wolverine Origins and that's that was a lot of fun. I played a little bit of that. Um and it seemed fun although I heard I heard poor reviews of it. I I enjoyed it. It was uh it was a it was a hack and slasher. Yeah, it was. You and you were like flying around and and doing stuff. It was it looked interesting but I never I never played it. And then also um there was X-Men Destinies or something like that. That's a recent one that came out on Xbox 360, probably PC and Wii and probably PlayStation 3. Yeah, you don't actually play X-Men. You're mentored by X-Men. You play of one of three recruits who have mutant powers. Interesting. Eh, I played a little bit of it. I was I was underwhelmed. Sort of like in the Ghostbusters game, you play Rookie. Yeah, but that's different. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Ghostbusters game was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> Anyhow, so I don't think that that really answers your question. How about you, listeners, Arthur and others out there? Uh, if you had, if I mean, the X Men video games have been on uh, Sega, Nintendo, Commodore sixty four had a a game arcade versus uh, the X Men, uh, Genesis, uh, all the systems out there. Out of all of those games, do you have a favorite X Men video game? And if so, what is it? And maybe if we haven't heard of it, we'll try to find a copy of it and play it, and I don't know, review it or something. Are those Marvel Ultimate Alliance games? Are those any good? I'm asking the listeners, because I, I know you can. I know there are some X Men, and it. it's not an exclusive X Men game, but it's like all sorts of Marvel characters. But there's there's also the X Men ones. There's there's an Apocalypse. Oh, I can't remember what they're called though. They were like a top down, and you just yeah. You, well, it was the same type of deal. You just kind of hack and slash things. I'm Colossus, <laughs> and I break things. I'm Wolverine, and I slash things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I heard good reviews of those. I just never got around to playing them. I, I enjoy XCOM. That's kind of close to X-Men. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> In title only. We'll be back uh, next week with our regularly scheduled X-Men comic book, which will be issue 49. Indeed. We're be- almost to issue 50, where we're supposedly going to do something special. Or not. We'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> All right, folks. Until next time, the danger room is closed. Just a fool.